passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, up to bat, Brett Boone. Okay, as a general manager, this close to the deadline, what's your day look like? Yeah, well, first of all, there's no sleep, and you've got to make sure you have a lot of coffee or Red Bull or Celsius because you're going to need it around the clock between now all the way until that 6 p.m. deadline on August 1st. Now, keep in mind for the GM, this is the most important time of the year for you, more than the winter meetings, more than any other time. This is the only time of year where the GM or team president is more valuable than the star player. It's the only time all year. Um, And this is the time you have to step up because if you don't make a trade by 6 p.m. on August 1st, you can't improve your organization again until the World Series is over. You can't make any trades anymore. There's no waiver trades. You're not going to sign any free agents. All you can do is promote guys from the minor leagues. So this is your last shot. And if you don't do anything to improve your team's chances of getting to the playoffs or winning a division or winning a World Series or having the best record – or if you don't take this opportunity to rebuild your organization for future years, then you've blown it. This is your shot. So a lot of pressure on you. And you've got to really be ready with all your department heads. you got to be with your amateur scouting department, your professional scouting department, your analytic department, your finance, your PR, the major league field staff. I mean, you, you got to be in daily communication with your owner as you work through this. And then you have to be in contact not just with the five or six teams you're working trades on. you got to be in contact with the 29 other teams because you don't want to all of a sudden uh, see someone traded and you didn't know about it. You, you don't want to be left on the outside looking in and go, well, I had no idea that guy was going to be available. 
And the only way you know is you've got to touch base with all 29. Now, it doesn't have to be a phone call. You know, this generation texts, and that's fine. But you can't, you, you really shouldn't sleep over this time period. Get a few hours here and there. But this is grind time. And this is communication time. And you've got all your rankings. And you know what you're willing to trade, not willing to trade. You, you've, you've got your rankings of, you know, if you need a shortstop, you've got your 11 shortstops on the board. You want to try for number one and go all the way down the list. Just like the Dodgers yesterday when they acquired Ahmed Rosario. Wasn't their first choice for shortstops. It probably was choice number four or five. But for the price of Noah Syndergaard, yeah, we'll make that deal. Money's the same. Syndergaard's not getting anybody out for us. I know Rosario's having a bad year. He's got a minus war and a well below average OPS plus. But it's an upgrade over Rojas. So it's worth making the deal. It wasn't their top target, right? They would have rather have had Tim Anderson from Chicago. Uh, but at the end of the day... The job is to make your team better. It doesn't have to be by yards or feet. Sometimes an inch or a centimeter is enough. And that's what the Dodgers did yesterday. They didn't prove their team by a lot, but a centimeter, yeah. If that wins you one game, that may be the difference between winning the division or finishing in second. Uh, I can take the angle on the player side, on the general manager side. You've been on, you've been the general manager on, on, on really good teams, on mediocre teams and on not so good teams. There's a difference when you get to the trading deadline, those good teams that are gonna, gonna push that playoff envelope. Do you, do you as a general manager consider the psyche of the, of the 25 now 25, 26 guys in that room downstairs? Cause as a player, I'm telling you, I've been on some winning teams. I've been on some playoff teams. I've been on some, some championship caliber teams. And I'll tell you, when it gets to the trading deadline, don't think that those players aren't sitting in that room thinking, okay, what's management going to do? Do they have our back? Do they have our back? Some years, been pleasantly surprised. Like, wow, we went out, we go for it. That that shoots a little bit of adrenaline into that clubhouse from a player's perspective. And quite the contrary, those years where we, I needed maybe certain teams I was on, we needed one piece and the trading deadline came and went and it's almost a, you come to the ballpark the next day, and it's almost like you're looking at your your teammates going, well, guys, it's us against the world. So there is a difference from a mentality standpoint. Do you take that in consideration as a general manager when making these decisions? 100%, Booney. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of people come to me and, and ask me, what was the pinnacle of your career? You know, was it being part of the 90 World Championship team? Was it trading for Ken Griffey Jr.? And I said, oh, no, no, no. The, my best moves ever as a general manager occurred in 1995 at the trade deadline. We were in a neck-to-neck -neck race with the Houston Astros, and we were up by one or two games, and we were going back and forth, and it was a fight. And we needed starting pitching. And if I didn't get starting pitching at the trade deadline, we weren't going to win the division. We weren't going to make the playoffs. And within an eight-day period, I traded for David Wells, Mark Portugal, and Dave Barba. And we blew Houston out, and we ended up in the NLCS against the Atlanta Braves in 1995. Being able to trade for three starting pitchers in eight days, that impact it had in the clubhouse, you know, forget the, how the pitchers helped us the rest of the way. The impact it had on the players when I would walk down to the clubhouse and, and I sat there and got you three starting pitchers, Booney, you know what that's like. You yep. can imagine the love I got in that clubhouse because you know what? They knew the front office cared. By yeah. the way, they knew the owner cared. Because the owner was willing to spend the money to get it done. The GM was willing to, to trade a lot of talent to get it done. And you know what that means in the clubhouse. It changed everything. And it wasn't just about the impact the starters had. 
you know, in that in one of those deals, I also got a gold glove center fielder. So all of a sudden the defense was better up the middle, which was significant as well. So that was the highlight of my career was able to come through at the biggest time, the biggest moment. Oh, by the way, it also happens the other way around when when you have to be a seller. um, And I remember uh, when I traded Jeff Shaw for Paul Canerco. I was at the deadline. We had, we, we had to go the other way. Ownership needed to reduce payroll, and I traded Shaw for Canerco. That was a big moment long-term because I would eventually trade Canerco for Mike Cameron and Mike Cameron for Ken Griffey Jr. If I didn't make that trade, the initial trade of a reliever, Jeff Shaw, I don't end up with Ken Griffey Jr. So the deadline is way more important for GMs than people give credit for or understand. This is their time to shine. The way they've changed the deadline, the the on the map, uh, on the <laughs> on the calendar, is that more challenging than it used to be? Um, I think what's more challenging than it used to be is the fact that you can't do waiver trades in August. You know, if you remember, that's how Justin Verlander got traded and won a World Championship, right? Um, right. To take that element away, I like it, and the reason I like it, Booney is it tells all 30 teams, if you don't make that trade at the deadline, you can't make another trade. And before, teams would say, yeah, you know, let me wait till August 15th, see if I'm in it, and then we'll make a waiver trade because I can I can get guys through waivers with gentlemen agreement and stuff like yeah. that. And it just wasn't good for the game. So I, I actually like the rule change a lot. It's interesting you say that. We just had recently had David Cohn on the program, and he mentioned that because the 92, uh, he won a world championship with the Toronto Blue Jays, and he said, Booney, I didn't even get traded at the deadline. They snuck me through the waiver wire. Uh, I agree with you. I think because I think it's so intriguing now. You got two months. This is the last time you can trade uh, in baseball now with the 12 spots for the postseason. It's the, it's the easiest it's ever been to get to the to get to the postseason, not saying it's easiest to win. Now you got a lot of landmines, but I just think the intrigue and the on the edge of your seat uh, for fans in the masses is way better now. It's better entertainment value. It's too much. You got a lot more decisions to make. You know, if we got another month to think about this, well, teams will eliminate themselves. Right now, everybody kind of thinks they're in the in the hunt, so it makes it more of a who's going to make. Oh, you, like coming in, you said the Angels. You don't think they're going to be a postseason team, but on paper, they're four out in the wild card, and you're going. Well, do they have a chance? You know, they're telling their guys right now, we do have a chance. So I think it's I think it's great overall for the game of baseball. I'm with you on that. Um, but, Booney, but you know, it's interesting. Today, 23 of the 30 teams are within seven games of the playoffs. 23 out of the 30. That is ridiculous. And it is so good for the game of baseball to see what the Reds and the Diamondbacks and the Orioles and the Twins and the Guardians, the position all these teams are in, is so good for the sport. And to bring the all the rule changes this year that has shortened the game times, added athleticism to the game, brought the stolen base back, the game is more exciting. It is. And so for the big market teams that used to just go get the aces and the big home run hitters, all of a sudden they're looking around at a different brand of baseball where all of a sudden speed matters, athleticism matters. Mm-hmm. And some of these teams just weren't prepared for that quick transition. But to your point, I agree with it. What makes this trade deadline so unique is there's so few sellers. You have the White Sox, the Cardinals, the Nationals, just a handful of teams. And this trade deadline, honestly, Booney has a chance to be a complete dud 
you know, because, you know, Giolito may end up being one of the best starting pitchers traded. And he went yesterday. So it's going to be fascinating to see how it actually plays out. But I'll tell you what, I, I would trade a dud trade deadline to have 23 teams with legitimate chance for the playoffs for the sport in general, because I think it's great for the game. I think it's great too. And those days of going into to late August and on TV seeing just empty stadiums because their team's so far out of it with the current uh, with the current the way they do things now and the schedule it it's you don't have those empty stadiums. Everything is a fight down to the wire. It's the best you can do. And now, as as we step away, as I step away, and I'm an ex player and and a part of the media and a fan, I love it. It because it, it, nobody's out of it. Nobody's going home. You know, most cities 20, 30 years ago, most of the cities in Major League Baseball right now they're already talking football because their team's out of it now. No, it's baseball all over the place, and and football gets a later start date. I think I think it's great from uh, the game that that we both love so much. Uh, okay, let's get down to it. Who's buying? Who's selling? You mentioned the, the, the most intriguing for me are those middle of the road teams. Those teams that eh, we're not in it, but we're not out of it. It's like, what do you do uh, for Jim Bowden? Who's buying? Who's selling? I got my list of some guys. You know, I usually am heavy on the pitching side uh, as far as I, I think they, they're the biggest difference makers. There's the obvious Mets have had a disappointing season. Padres thus far have had a dis- disappointing season. Uh, Cubs have a bunch of intriguing starting pitchers that could potentially be moved. Jim Bowden, who's buying, who's selling? Okay, so what we do know is the White Sox are selling. You saw Giolito get traded. Lance Lynn's going to be next. He'll be traded as well. The St. Louis Cardinals are going to move Jack Flaherty. They're going to move Jordan Montgomery, maybe outfielder Dylan Carlson. They're going to be traded. I think what's kind of interesting are some of the teams you just mentioned that are kind of in the middle, right? We're waiting on the Chicago Cubs. They have both Marcus Stroman and Cody Bellinger, uh, maybe even Drew Smiley that gets traded if they decide to sell. But again, they feel like they're still in the race in the central. If they sell, Stroman's going to opt out of his contract. Bellinger's going to be a free agent. He's going to be comeback player of the year. Stroman and and Bellinger will be two of the most sought-after guys if they are dealt. The Padres right now appear to be buyers, but if that changes on the 1st of August, they could move Blake Snell and Josh Hader. They're not going to move Juan Soto, by the way, but, but Snell and Hader both can be moved. The New York Mets, I don't think, are going to sell. But if someone wanted Max Scherzer and would be willing to take a lot of the contract, I can see the Mets moving on from Max Scherzer. I think Justin Verlander is going to stay. So those are kind of the teams in the middle that we're kind of waiting on. The Nationals are going to sell. They've got third baseman uh, Jeremy Candelario, left fielder Lane Thomas uh, that could be moved, Joey Manessas, their DH is another guy that they could move. So the Nationals are going to sell. The Tigers are going to sell. That's Eduardo Rodriguez, the left-handed pitcher. They've got a couple of relievers that teams want as well. Uh, so that good possibility they get moved. If anybody wants uh, anyone from Oakland, Tony Kemp, Trevor May, obviously uh, they're going to be in sell mode. They're the one team that uh, no one's going to the ballpark and uh, everybody's up for grabs. It's not a prospect at this point. Um, so, yeah, that, that's a quick summary of what we're looking at right now. But, again, 23 teams within seven games. So it's going to be interesting. And a lot can change over the weekend. You know, sometimes GMs, owners, 
they get a little emotional. If all of a sudden someone loses five in a row or wins five in a row, sometimes they pivot. And that's why what you're seeing is a slow evolving trade deadline because teams haven't made their final decision. And look, if you're a team trying to trade for a starting pitcher, Arizona, Cincinnati, Baltimore, Cleveland, those four teams want a starter. Well, before I trade for Jack Flaherty with a health risk or Jordan Montgomery, who's more of a third or fourth starter, I need to know if Stroman's getting moved. I need to know if Blake Snell is getting moved because I don't want to trade prospects unless I know I'm getting the best possible starter. So some of these teams have to wait on teams to decide what they're going to do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Those teams out there that are going to make deals, whether they're they're buying or selling, who has the most intriguing farm systems right now in, in Major League Baseball? Well, the Dodgers are loaded, um, and they've got two really good catching prospects, Dalton Rushing, Diego Cartea coming. you got Will Smith in the big leagues at catcher. Uh, the Dodgers have four or five pitching prospects, an outfield prospect named Andy Pages. They've got a lot to trade. Um but the interesting part is they're trying to stay under one of the luxury tax thresholds because they're keeping their eye on Otani at the end of this year. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, the San Francisco Giants are trying to hold on to their prospects. They've had a pretty good system, but they've also worked hard to get it. Farhan Zaidi really doesn't want to empty it. Arizona and Cincinnati both are loaded. So is Tampa. Uh, Baltimore probably has the best farm system. So all four of those teams have the prospects it takes to land the veterans that they need. So, you know, the, these systems pretty strong. Because remember, Brett, this generation of players are developing better than at any other time in the history of the sport because all these colleges have these pitching labs and a great video, and now it's even bleeding to the high school level. So instead of being drafted and taking four years to get to the big leagues, a lot of times you can be drafted out of college and be in the big leagues in a year, two, out of high school, two or three now, you can you can fly through the systems. Teams are cutting back on minor league clubs uh, because the development in high school and college is so much better than it's ever been before. In the olden days, you'd have to wait to get the professional ball before you could develop. Now all the technology and the minds are at the college and high school level as well. So game really has changed a lot in the last five to seven years. Something as uh, that that's intriguing to me and and i've always had this question now you lived it um when you're making everybody thinks of the marquee names we're talking the otanis and and you mentioned a scherzer that's what we're we're interested in at the trade deadline we want to hear the names our team who we get what star are we get what star are we parting with but getting in the trenches and really figuring out when you're making these trades you got to have a, a grasp on, on the minor league systems of the ball club you're going to make a trade with. How do we assign, how do you as a general manager assign value to an A-ball player, a double-A player, a triple-A? I can, Brett Boone, I can pick up the paper and say, well, USA or Baseball America says this is the number one prospect. How do I find time in my day to put eyes on 
all these prospects or do I lean that heavily on my organization? I have the guys working for me. Um, it's a combination of everything, obviously. I mean, if you're sitting in the GM seat, you, you better know your farm system and you better have studied everyone else's farm system because that's your, that's your bloodline. But then you also have to, you have to depend on your analytic department. You have to depend on your scouts. You've got to depend on the people that have been in the, in, in the player's home or been inside his head and really know. Cause as you know, Brett, it's not just about your tools or how you play or how you hit a breaking ball or how you handle the velocity inside, outside, how you cover the zone, uh, your strike zone awareness, how you pick up the ball, your depth perception. It's not just about that. It's a heartbeat. You win with, I've always said, you don't win with baseball players. You win with human beings. They got a heartbeat. They got a brain. You know, Brett Boone, your competitiveness was Pete Rose level. That's what we had in our scouting report. Um, you know, you're a guy that had big heart, high baseball IQ. You know, when I traded for you, I, I knew I knew when I traded Dan Wilson, we knew exactly what he was going to be. And he lived up to exactly what we thought. But we also knew what you were going to be. And we knew the intangibles that you were going to bring to our team, which is important. So we follow every single player from the minute we put an eye on him at age 14, 15, or 16. And then we follow his entire life through the time he's drafted, when he gets to the minor leagues, and all the way up. So by the time he gets to 19, 20, 21 years old, whether he's at A, double A, boy, we know that player back and front. And we're always updating the information. Uh, whatever trouble he got in high school, we, you know, we get we have his grades. We, we know his tools. You know, we know how he runs, throws, hits, power. We know what his weaknesses are. We know what his strengths are. We know what he feels like in the clubhouse. And we monitor them because that's our life. You know, it's like the stock market. You don't want to sit there and have all your earnings going into stocks that you don't know everything about the company and who's running the company and what they're working on, right? If you're going to put your own money there, well, it's it's the same thing in baseball. And so um, it's, it's a long, tedious process. And nowadays, you know, it's incredible what these organizations can do. You know, you, you push a button on your computer and you can watch everybody's at-bats. You know how hard the ball hits. You know his first step quickness. You, you, you've, you've got the science of how much range he has. Um, you, you know exactly how he does on breaking balls, fastballs. You, you see the video. You, you've got the science measuring everything that he's done. You, you look at your computer and you know about his, what his mom did, his dad did, what his brother's doing, what his girlfriend's like. What, what, you know, you got so much detail um, on all these guys and it makes it easier. And, and then, you know, look, as an organization, you put your assessment on what you think the player is going to be. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, there's nothing worse though, than being wrong on a player and being wrong on a player will stay with you for life. And I always told people that worked for me that in, in evaluation, always make sure you study what you have sent in as your report. And always make sure that you look back a year later, two years later, five years later, 10 years later, and see where you were right and see where you were wrong. That's the only way you're going to get better at evaluating players. Yeah, that's that's the side of it that that we don't hear every day. And, it, and it's really great. And I love that people get to hear uh, anybody can can look at the numbers and say, oh, oh, he's a superstar. But what what's behind that? What what I, I need some more, you know, to his to talk to his character and his what kind of guy he is, what kind of competitor he is. It's, it's so important, especially at the big league level, you know, uh, of course, talent always plays speed plays uh, bat speed, you know, 
every, everything plays, but the big leagues is, is the separator. And, and it's a lot about what's inside. I want to play. I, I want to do a hypothetical with you. Jim Bowden's on a, uh, obviously playoff bound team right now, which arms are you going after you, you got carte blanche. You got an order that says, Jimmy, do your job. Uh, you need one, you need that one, one arm to, to complete your roster. Who are you going after right now? Oh, I'm going after Shohei Otani. If they're going to trade him, I'll take Otani. Yeah. Now. All right. No, no. Uh, I, I set that up bad. Take him out of the equation. He's too easy of an answer. Shohei's off the table, but anybody else. Is Verlander on the table? He is. Anybody but Shohei. Yeah, I'll take JV. I'll, I'll take Verlander down the stretch. He's pitching better now. Uh, I, I know, you know, I, I, I uh, was with him when he won world championships. Uh, I, I know what kind of competitor he's like. The stuff is still there. It's not like Scherzer who's declining. Uh, JV's stuff is still there. So Verlander would be the guy that, that I would want if the Mets were to trade him. Now, if they're not going to trade him um, – I, Marcus Stroman's having a really good year. He would definitely be in the mix for me. Uh, if we want to talk about a lesser pitcher that I'd like to take a chance on where I don't have to give up that much, uh, Jack Flaherty of the Cardinals, he's been inconsistent, but he's really tough. I like I like what's inside his head. I like what's inside his, his heart. He's, he's, a, he's a mean guy. He's a tough guy coming back from injury. If I didn't have to give up too much, I would take a chance on him. Um so yeah, that's that's probably the group, um, but uh, it's definitely Verlander for me if Otani doesn't go. Same scenario, Shohei Otani off the table. You need a bat, big bat, difference maker for your playoff run. Who you taking? Yeah, there's not a lot out there available, but if Cody Bellinger gets traded, uh, I'm going. I'm going with Cody. And I know there are people that were concerned about what happened in Los Angeles. I don't care. Uh, I watched Bellinger when he won the MVP. I watched him when he won Rookie of the Year, and I'm watching him right now with Chicago. And for people that are worried about, look, I don't know what happened in L.A., but it was a wake-up call that they that they not basically non-tendered him. He went to the Cubs to have to, to you know bring his career back, and he's done that. He hits he hits he hits for power at a ridiculous level. What I like about him also, he's a plus defender at four positions: first base, right field, center field, and left field. Plus defender at all four. With ridiculous power, he's sitting over 300 as well. Um, and and look, I I think he's a bat that can make a difference down the stretch, regardless of the marketplace. I wouldn't care. I I, I think Bellinger would be a great fit with the Houston Astros. I think he'd be a great fit with the New York Yankees. Um, I I think he, this is a guy that I would be be targeting for sure, based on the hitters that could be available. Any teams you seeing out there right now as general manager? And I, I know this is probably a tough question for you because you always want to be active in some capacity. Any team out there you say, I wouldn't touch that team? Status quo. Atlanta. Yeah, the Braves. I wouldn't touch it. Best team in baseball. Not by a little, by a lot for me. You know, I, as you know, I watch every game every night, right? I, I watch the condensed versions. But the Braves are the best team in the sport. I wouldn't touch it. Now, that being said, you know, would I prefer a little upgrade over Pilar to platoon with Rosario and left? Probably. Would I feel better if you can go get me one more relief pitcher? Yeah, probably. Would I feel better if you could get me a depth starting pitcher? Yeah, probably. But I don't want to touch the clubhouse. That clubhouse is really special. They've got every element. They're the best team in the sport. So if I were to stand pat, the one team that I think can afford to stand pat, Atlanta Braves. Last question, and I want to put it – I'm going to go coast to coast. We're going to start with the Dodgers. Friedman calls you. 
Jimmy Bowden and says, uh, all right, we're, we're coming in on this, this trading deadline. You see my ball club. What should I do? Yeah. Pitching, pitching, pitching. That's what you should do. Uh, you, you got, you got to upgrade that bullpen. That bullpen's not going to be good enough in October and you're going to get to October with the team you have. You're going to go home though. I'm not going to get to cover you on Halloween because you'll be long gone at Halloween. Uh, you got to do the bullpen. Hopefully Kershaw is going to be okay to come back. I feel better about getting another starter as well. Uh, you're relying on a lot of young starters that quite frankly, just aren't major league ready yet. And you're in the middle of what's going to be a close race the rest of the way. Pitching, pitching and pitching is what the Dodgers need to concentrate. They score enough runs. They can mix and match with the lineup. I'm not worried about them scoring runs. I am worried about the pitching staff. Same scenario. Brian Cashman calls Jim Bowden and says, Hey, we're uh, we're two, three games out of this wild card. We're going to make a run. What's your advice? Cash, I want you to pick up the phone. I want you to call Mike Rizzo. And I want you to trade for Lane Thomas and Jimmer Candelario. Put Candelario at third and put Lane Thomas in left field. And your offense will improve uh, dramatically. Uh, are they huge pieces? No, but you don't need huge pieces. You're getting Aaron Judge back this weekend. So you're going you're gonna to have Judge, Stanton, Rizzo, LeMay, you got your veteran. You're not getting enough production at third base and left field. Lane Thomas is having an all-star caliber year. I mean, this guy, he's 27 years old. He's figured it out. He can be your left fielder next year as well. Candelaria led the American League in doubles two years ago, and he's having a, a great bounce back year with Washington. Candelario and Thomas, that's what you need. Jim Bowden, this is awesome. The one guy I do could give give me uh, stuff that not too many people could give me. A lot of, a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, a lot of knowledge, a lot of, I, I know how much work you put into, to, to this job that you do and you do it so well. I appreciate you, you coming on the Boone podcast. Always a pleasure. Best of luck going forward. Keep killing it. I'll see you when I see it. And for those of you watching or listening to the Boone podcast, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bowden approved. 2400 sports is an odyssey company. 